I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I'm sitting here in my big, comfortable, black leather papa chair in my living room, and I'm scratching my head, and I'm trying to figure out how come every nation in the world can have a financial crisis all at the same time. I mean, what happened to all the money? I guess when you find yourself scratching your head over stuff like that, it's time for a vacation. I have a globe, you know, a map of the world that turns so you can see all of those countries who have run out of money, you know, see what's going on down in Australia. And I have lately found myself wondering if I held my canary up over my globe of the world, would the bird start thinking, oh my God, I'm way too high. <laughs> oh, it's time for a vacation. I volunteered to be the designated driver for a bunch of buddies who were going to a party the other night. They all had a wonderful time, but they got really drunk, and I had a hard time resisting the urge to drop them off at 2 a.m., but at the wrong houses. Time for a vacation? Yeah, I guess. When you see a light at the end of the tunnel and your only thought is, oh my God, I hope that's the bathroom, you're either getting old or it's definitely time for a vacation now growing old you gotta watch that it's that sneaks up on you like an inch at a time you start reading instruction manuals instead of just putting stuff together you start listening to books on tape because all the songs in the top 40 all sound the same you find yourself ordering stationery that has your name printed on it. And you don't go to day baseball games because you can't take all of that sun. And worst of all for me, you realize it has been a long time, I mean a long time, since you actually played baseball. Bet you get the idea where this is going, right? It's going on vacation and so am I. Biggest problem that I have found, though, with a vacation is that you never have enough time to do all the nothing that you want to do. And my lady Wonder Wench and I haven't really taken very many vacations. That's the way it is when you got lots of kids and lots of concerns and, and frankly, lots of getting fired because you're in the broadcasting business. That happened a lot. We're going to be staying in a hotel right next to a seafood restaurant again this time because both my lady Wonder Wench and I plan on doing away with a good percentage of this year's lobster catch this coming week. I've often thought about, how do we begin eating lobsters? I mean, picture some, some cave guy. You know, maybe one of those guys who were doing those TV commercials a while ago. The caveman guys, you know? Anyway, Mr. Og, the cave guy, comes home after a day of fishing down at the beach, and he he tosses this lobster down on the cave floor, and he says to Mrs. Og, Here, Mrs. Og, 
cook this tonight. You know, he's lucky that she just didn't say, what are you, nuts? Get out of here with that thing. Come back when you've evolved a little more. Have you ever really taken the time to to look at a lobster? I mean, you you go to the seafood restaurant, you you go over to that tank there, and you see them all down there squirming around and things. And, you know, figure if you were a lobster and you found yourself all of a sudden in with a whole bunch of other lobsters in a tank, with a lot of people looking at you. I mean, you would realize this is not going to be a good lobster day, I suppose. But I think they must have some of Howard Stern's DNA. I mean, they have a lot more legs than they need, that's for sure. And they've got eyeballs shooting out in all directions, and they have these huge feelers that are always flipping around. I always thought that if you had a really big lobster, it could probably pose a threat to a nuclear submarine. You'd never pet one of those things, would you? I mean, it wouldn't come if you said, here, boy, here, boy. Dicks details, a bunch of completely unimportant stuff to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear, and you can drift off comfortably to sleep. Checkers used to be called Chess for Ladies. It's probably one of the many reasons for what has become known as the Lorena Bobbitt movement. It says the average man will roll over 12 times in bed tonight. Because I would think that number might change if uh, someone else were in bed with you. And speaking of being in bed and sleeping, this is also true. Sheep snore. But I'll bet that's only after a few minutes of counting people. Dicks to tails. They take your mind off your mind. Lobsters aren't the only thing you can find when you go down to the ocean. There's a story in the Night Connections 2 personal audio CD about a guy who found a lot more than he was expecting down at a beach. The story is called The Headhunter's Woman. A good headhunter is a genuinely dangerous guy. He's deadly. He's a street fighter. And that's you. You find jobs for high-powered executives. You're good at it. Maybe the best. You love it. You love the excitement. You love the challenge. You love the money. The money and the toys, those are the headhunter's trophies. Condo on the beach. A personal jet. Garage full of Fancy automobiles. But you're also a nice guy. So you were glad to introduce a friend of yours to exactly the right person to fill an important opening in his company. You didn't take a fee for that one. You made it a birthday present to him. And she was a perfect fit. Right from the first day. Smart. Driven. Well connected. She was so perfect and they worked so well together. As a matter of fact that they fell in love. That happens. But it made a problem for you and for your wife because you and your wife have known your friend and his wife since you double dated in college. When he told you what was happening, you were very glad that he was so obviously happy. 
might have been just a little jealous of the passion that his new mistress brought to his life. And for some reason, you couldn't help feel sorry for his wife as she watched 15 years of marriage melt away in their amazing lust. That surprised you because you never really liked his wife. Maybe she was a little bit too much like you. Headstrong, clever, a little bit ruthless. She had an annoying habit of blowing loose strands of hair out of her eyes with a quick jet of breath. She did that because she didn't have time to do it with her hands. They were always busy doing something else. On a summer night that started out innocently enough, you and your wife invited her to dinner at your beach house. They were friends. You felt a little bit out of place. After all, you were the one who introduced her husband to the woman who became his mistress. So after dinner, you decided to leave the women to talk things over. And you went for a walk by the ocean. It was a soft summer night. The tide was out, and there was an almost full moon. You built a bonfire. You kicked off your shoes and lay down and just stretched out on the sand. It was the first time in a long time that you just let go. You started thinking about your own marriage. It was mostly okay, except for the affair that your wife had for about six months with her boss. You almost lost her. But when he tried to get her to leave you, she told you about it instead. Naturally, you were angry because she had slept with another man. But you're also relieved because she told you about it. You were kind of proud because she chose you over him. You both decided to be intelligent about it, to use your heads to put things back together again. But it never completely worked out. Things were always just a little off-center ever since then. Like a day that starts out in a strange town with the wrong radio station on your clock alarm. You knew she was there before you saw her. You could feel her watching you as she walked toward you, carrying her high-heeled shoes and swinging her hips in that smooth, confident way that you found almost insulting. She said, your wife has gone to bed and I wanted to thank you for dinner and your hospitality before I go. The ocean breeze was playing in her long, soft, loose-fitting, simple dark blue dress lifting it in quick little puffs, silhouetting quick glimpses of her body's slopes and curves against the firelight. She was smiling that irritating smile of hers. She had startlingly white teeth and soft, muscular lips that obviously had a challenge about them. But the biggest challenge was in her eyes. It was almost an animal challenge, and it, it bothered you. That self-confident boldness in her eyes. And then the firelight did a curious thing. It caught in her eyes for just a moment a hurt, frightened little girl inside that proud, angry, self-disciplined woman. And when that happened, suddenly your hunter's instincts kicked in and everything went into a kind of a slow motion. 
all of your senses magnified the things around you. You caught a trace of her perfume in the ocean air. And the sand became satin soft. The ocean was a rumble somewhere in the dark. And her voice was making small half words only fingertips away. Her skin looked cool. But her eyes were warm and shining in the firelight and moist around the edges as if she were sweating inside. You're a bright guy. You're headstrong, you're ruthless. You're a dangerous hunter. And you understand this deadly game. It could cost you your home, your marriage, all the things you love, all the trophies of an entire lifetime's hunting. But her lips were soft and muscular in the summer night. And her eyes flashed an animal challenge in the firelight. And most important, a hurt little girl looked up from your arms and smiled. And in the end, the heart is still the deadliest hunter of them all. Hunter's Woman. It's from the Night Connections 2 personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com and download it from the Night Connections 2 icon on the home page. We are going away on vacation tomorrow. V-A-C-A-T-I-O-N da-da-da-da in the summertime. Da-da-da-da-da. You know, you know how Sometimes a song starts playing in your head over and over again, and, and you tell it to stop, and it won't. Now, lots of times, if you, if you take the time to think about it, either the name of the song or one of the important lines in it has to do with something that's really been on your mind, like V-A-C-A-T-I-O-N was just in my head just now. That happened to me tonight with a different song. I was thinking about going on vacation with my lady Wonder Witch been a tough year. She had a terrible accident, and she's been worried about a couple of the kids, and I'm threatening to retire at the end of the year. I mean, can you imagine if she has to put up with having me around all the time? Anyway, it's been a nasty year for her. So I guess it's appropriate that the tune that's been going around in my head for the last couple of hours, it's, it's an old song. You know that song? I get it's an appropriate old song for a couple of Louis Louis generation lovers like us. It's called There's a Time for Us. Whoa. 
Okay. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.